0: all righty we are live hey dad
1: hey brandon hello everybody
0: what's going on oh i see some people in the chat already
1: oh emmanuel see... was there at eight twenty-eight this morning first absolutely gold medal for emmanuel <laughs>
0: <laughs> let's go underling okay. yo Alexandra, Candice, and bradley what is going on you guys good morning everybody you know there was um yeah i think we have a lot to talk about today dad i think so too I am on a hard cutoff, though. I, I have to cut off at 10. Exactly. But that's okay. Daddy duties? Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I know last week we tried with, with Ava on the call, right? That kind of didn't go very smoothly at the start.
0: No, <laughs> but, it's uh, very difficult. It's very difficult to work. You'd think it'd be easy to just work and take care, but yeah. I kind of know.
1: So at nine, at, at 10 o'clock Pacific time, she gets out of the closet. You, you let her out of the locked closet. Is that the deal?
0: Pretty much. There's a, yeah, there's a little, there's a timer on there. So we got to make the most, got to make the most of this. (laughs) Good.
1: Good. Well, I am going to just say to everybody fire off the questions because yeah, we have, we have a few things that we've prepped that we think are interesting news and want to talk about and relative to the markets. But uh, the whole goal, I think Brandon of the live sessions here is to be interactive. So good to see everybody. Uh, Absolutely.
0: Um, Don't be shy. Don't be shy in the chat. There's no reason to be shy because all you're doing is texting. All you're doing is writing text. So there's no dumb dumb questions. It's a safe place to ask whatever you want. But, you know, I mean, why don't we just jump into it, Dad? Because aside from the markets, like the the Twitter, the threads thing, I kind of wanted to talk about. I I, I take it you didn't download threads, and I take it you're not on threads. Wrong. Yeah, right.
1: I did download threads, yes. Look at you.
0: (laughs) So quite
1: the assumption here, but uh, the reason I did, because I think that uh let me just flick over to my threads twitter here because uh, of course they're gonna get sued for doing that oh that's why you're that's why
0: you're interested i see i was more interested to be a user and but you're looking at it from more of a more of a suing standpoint
1: well no i i did i did actually uh download the app and i i'm not a twitter user but uh i just thought hey this is a thing that's going on i'd like to see and be aware of what it is and also just for, I mean, I don't know, with, with our channel, whether we're going to use Threads. I know we, we use some of the other social uh, platforms, so we'll...
0: Yeah, well, it's um, it's still up for debate whether we're going to incorporate that. In. I'll be honest, like, I, I agree with Candice here. Like, I kind of like it. I don't use Twitter that other than to follow maybe like one or two mm-hmm. fascinating people. And I know some people love Twitter, some people hate Twitter, but I do like the simplicity of threads like it's clean it's simple and i don't think you really have instagram do you
1: um i have instagram on my phone because i like i i've tried to go through and watch our instagram and then also your brother's instagram but every time i go on it takes me to other people and i can't figure out how to just watch the things i want to watch maybe you can't i'm not sure so yeah i have it but i don't use it but i well i wish i could
0: Well, that was one of the things that I read about threads, which is unique, is that there is no, for it's not like a curated for you page. It's basically what you follow. I'm going to shout out, I'm going to shout out Bradley here because yeah, if we had to make a hierarchy of social media platforms, I would Ah. agree. We have blossom threads, Twitter, just kidding. I don't know where (laughs) threads and Twitter comes in uh, yet, but yeah, I think it's more so like people you follow. So threads in theory Dad, might be the better platform for you because If you don't want to see other people's junk it's more so the people you follow from what i understand i've only been on it for a day
1: well what i found with when i tried TikTok, when i've tried instagram i've just found that i just maybe it's my older brain i can't get it and watch the things i want to watch which is like literally like three or four things on both of those right um so if this is something where i can go and it doesn't just push a whole bunch of crap at me i'm all
0: over it but that's the thing though i think the algorithms are so good like they know what you want to watch more so than what you think you want to watch because so. uh, that's the debatable. stuff that comes I,
1: on the stuff that comes on instagram i know i don't want to watch
0: it instagram that's <laughs> fair i mean nobody uses instagram to be honest but um uh, but, but but TikTok tock tick the best I, I like i love TikTok. Gotcha. you know before we dive into the threads i wanted to just call this there's a comment out from david here which i think is hilarious because I'm not even sure what he's asking here, but you know, I posted a video yesterday about uh, a couple of REITs. Uh, I don't know if you mm-hmm. caught that dad, but it's just talking hey, about yeah. Real can and, um, and, uh, realty at yeah, ticker. Oh, yeah. and what is hilarious is like, if you read a few of the comments, they're like, Oh, I got, I've been burned by REITs over the past years, not touching REITs, sold my REITs, right. I'm down 20% on my REITs and like such a negative look on REITs. But if you recall about two years ago, Reits were the thing, and we even did a video. Like I remember, people looking down at like the different asset types, and like, why would you not be entirely in Reits? Because you know the market. Because if we were looking at at least over the past few years, Reits had outperformed uh, even even the S and P and a bunch of other assets. And uh, it's just it's so classic investor psychology, where like two years ago. It was why are we not entirely in REITs, and now we post this video i post this video because REITs are down 20 percent. i'm like hey you know yeah, i'm thinking kind it, of yeah. i'm thinking counterintuitive like opposite of what people are but the, that sentiment has flipped like a switch and i'm to me that's a good indicator that um hey maybe it is time to buy but isn't that funny
1: well it, it's i mean it is but you said you used the term classic brand it is classic and in, yeah. ever since i became an investor it's the same thing over and over and see and i would I would have to manage my clients through that because something would be hot and everybody wanted all of it but by the time they're hearing that it's hot it's maybe kind of too hot and conversely when something's down what does the news follow right the news follows you know wins and losses and so something's really really sucking they're gonna some, somebody's gonna pick it up bnn or, or whoever and yeah. say stay away but that's often when there's value out there assuming it's it's a good quality company but i've seen that over and over, of course. over. so yeah it is it is. It's just that's the way it is. So and hopefully like the, you can take yeah. advantage
0: of that. Right. We will see. And it's not to say like overlook the struggles and worries that uh, the real estate market's going through. But I mean, the dividend yeah. investor here who definitely knows what he's doing. Um, when people become pessimistic on certain, I stress certain asset classes. I stress. Oh, so I read that wrong. When I people. Become pe- yes, I certain I stress certain assets. That's usually the time to buy.
1: So true. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's
0: that. And the, the word Bradley uses there like contrarian. I like that mm, word. Mm, That's uh, for sure. Yeah, and yep. um, and Baba taking off today. <laughs> <Woo! laughs> Bradley,
1: you nailed it.
0: <laughs> I told you guys, but uh, yeah, it's a couple of years too late. But I, there was a nice pop there today. I think actually we have a screen that we could share. Uh, you know, maybe
1: yeah. Some top. I'll I also did see. Um, didn't I see something though about Baba being a, a big fine today? I think.
0: Uh, I saw actually that China was kind of easing up on their tech, uh, pressures, but
1: here's let's Baba see. down
0: here. So up seven, um, 8% today. 8% today. Let's see. China ends tech crackdown with fines. No. So they end the tech. I think what it says here is they end the crack, the crackdown so with, with fines. a billion
1: dollar fine or, or something like that with, yeah, with BABA. Sorry. Right? Okay. Gotcha.
0: Well, it's said yeah. China imposed a billion dollar fine, um, on tech giants that da. billions of dollars
1: yeah i hate so these maybe, articles where you can't read them well and <laughs> you gotta pay for them right and and maybe that's why we're seeing the pop because if there's sort of you know investors don't like uncertainty right and, and i didn't read that article i just saw that headline so maybe if they're saying we're done with this you, you pay the billion you walk you know everything's good well obviously yeah. that's going to be a very good thing for a company like baba
0: it's um kind of like a rip off the band-aid situation hey and you know yeah. l- l- I'll tell you a quick story, dad. You might find this hmm. funny. Well, you might be disappointed in me, but
1: uh, oh, geez. Can,
0: can we go to a full screen here? I just want, I want, uh,
1: yeah, I'm going to go to a full us. screen here. If I stop sharing here. So
0: basically I, um, okay,
1: I, I'm, I'm going to prepare my disappointed dad
0: face here. Yeah. Okay. It's like, that's the face I'm used to anyways. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> <in> the, um, <laughs> the, uh, so so I had a, so the, the past two nights, I had a sleep apnea test that they sent oh, home with me. Right, I've right, been yeah. kind of dealing with some sleep stuff. So, anyways, they got it was one of those take home tests. Yeah. And I don't know if you've ever done one of those, but uh, apparently, those. yeah, it. I've heard it's better than going into the, the the hospital where they strap you up and you're all like that. Apparently, is pretty stressful. But anyways, this is like you're wearing this thing around your chest. You get these tubes up your nose, and yeah, you put this yeah. over here. You wrap it around. You have a thing clamped on your finger. There's wires running everywhere, and I had to put band-aids, like literally she requested, she said put band-aids here so they don't fall off.
1: To keep everything in place, yeah.
0: And so what they tell me is, okay, well you, you need at least six hours of data, so get a good sleep, Da 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 You gotta sleep on your back. I never sleep on my back. So I sleep like face first, like the worst sleeping position, but I literally sleep out like a pancake star, <laughs> like a starfish. And um, so anyways, get into bed around 12, 12 o'clock, you know, I'm like, okay, let's go, let's try and get six hours of sleep. I'm laying there, rustling around, Next thing I know, it's it's two it's two thirty in the morning. So two and a half hours of just
1: tossing mm-hmm. not
0: not even close to falling asleep, um, because it's just so extremely uncomfortable. Yeah. And um, I'm thinking to myself, like, a, this is extremely annoying and uncomfortable. And b, uh, I'm like, how is this? They're not going to get enough data because I'm up for work at six. The next, I'm getting four hours yeah, of sleep at yeah, this yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> and. Um, you know i'm just getting more and more frustrated and mad as the day as the hours pass by and i look at my, my thing i'm like i am not falling asleep and uh, anyways like something happened and i just couldn't handle it anymore so you ripped I, them off I, I literally like my just anger took over my body. i <laughs> grabbed the thing and i just ripped ripped it off the band-aids went and i was like oh! and i grabbed the thing and i whipped it against the side of the wall and i said not happening tonight. And then uh, pretty much immediately after I took it off, I ended up falling asleep, you of course. Asleep. But yeah, uh, yeah that, that was not a fun, not a fun night. Well, I'm not
1: disappointed in you at all for that, because I've lived through that. And I understand exactly how tough that is. Um, so Next. yeah, nothing to tell. Not
0: fun, not fun to be able to sleep. But like I'm You're just... supposed to sleep like a plank on your back, which is like, that's so awkward.
1: That's why when you go to the hospital, they strap you down so you can't move. Yeah. <laughs> when you broke your leg uh, way, yeah. way back in the day, you slept on your back because you couldn't move. And I was amazed that you actually laid there for whatever it was at the time six, seven, eight hours without yeah. moving because you never, not, not, you never, never moved. It was crazy. But uh, yeah. yeah,
0: I guess when you don't have a choice, what can you do?
1: And well, especially because we're coming, we're going live at nine o'clock this morning. So if, if by three o'clock you're not asleep, you can't do the six hours anyway. So yeah, exactly. give it another try.
0: Exactly. We'll see. But yeah. Uh, yeah, that was, that was just my little, that was just my little story there. And uh, so buy yeah. shares of Sleep Country to get a better mattress. Oh, I like the way you think. <laughs> Shout out Bradley. Yeah, baby's still not sleeping through. I, I, I hope yours is doing okay, but ours is a little, we got a little crazy one. Yeah, sleep study. And then, yeah, this, so this is the, the the thing about this, about the sleep study, what I hear is like, well, hey, if I got a CPAP machine, apparently I'm supposed to like sleep on my back anyways, because you're hooked up to the device anyways. Oh, think so. And then yeah. I'm like, that's that's going to be a problem. And then I do hear, um, you know, it's maybe like a money grab where they want you to buy the CPAP machine. I don't know. Um, but I do think apparently it's pretty important to get your, your sleep done. Uh,
1: yeah, well, it is important to do it. For sure. If nothing else, so you know what's going on because I know Mm -hmm. you struggle with sleeping a lot, Mm -hmm. as do Mm -hmm. as do I. So you probably inherited that from me. But sorry about that. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So good. All right. Well, back to back to the action. Sorry. Sorry about that. I just wanted to. And and Paul
1: and Paul notes here: if you do need to get a CPAP, you just have to sell your clear out your TFSA again or something because they're expensive. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, oh, with the CPAP you don't have to sleep on your back. Okay, I, th- I kind of figured you did because you were going to be strapped in, but I
1: thought and so too.
0: But... I do like from what from people. Oh, I was actually at the sauna the other day, and someone was you know overhearing the conversation, and he said that there's a new surgery that you can do. He you, you can go down to the states, go through private, yeah. and they essentially like take some bone out of your like not what is this what Nostral? is this thing called? Yeah, nostril. That's it's not the word. Bridge of, of your nose or something. Yeah, the uh that the yeah the that, basically (laughs) but uh, apparently that actually helps quite a bit too so i don't know we'll see we'll see we'll
1: see hey we got some we got some we got some uh oh paul's about on his third machine about every five years wow so
0: that's what i said oh yeah this one this one was funny the joe coy this shout out to any filipinos in the chat (laughs) we we had we had had a good laugh about that one that is he does That...
1: that so good when he does that routine on the on the cpap
0: yeah oh
1: you need like invisalign
0: <laughs> um so i see funny. a comment here listen yeah the jags oh we got a jags fan in the chat with a weird little oh that's pretty cool actually i think it's like a little oh jags um hi Brad. thanks I'm for big... all your content first Live. you're a big jags fan yeah right i'm a
1: big trevor lawrence fan
0: same i think he's i like i think he's i think he's gonna have another good a good year he's, he's on cool the up and up dude. Yeah. I think so too, actually. Um, first live stream today. Well, welcome everybody to the live stream. Uh, by the way, drop a thumbs up if you are new, enjoy these, or, or you're just here. Nice to see an investment from a Canadian point of view. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the thing. We're the Canadian guys. Um, should I invest while trying to clear my debt? Investing Academy soon. Well, get your debts in order um, before you start. You know, it, that's a good question because. To my, in my opinion, dad, you can comment on this. I think like there are, you have to categorize your debts. There's certain yeah. debts that are like, you're going to have, and they're totally healthy debts and normal and manageable. And you should invest, you know, hand in hand, right? If you have like yeah. a, a student loan or even like a, uh, even a mortgage, a mortgage is like a healthy debt in my opinion. And mortgage is debt. Yeah. Mortgage cool. is debt. So that's, it's wild to say, well, I got to pay off my debts first and then go, um, to, uh, you know, invest, but there are certain debts which are clearly the, the priority.
1: Well, I think one of the most misconstrued, and if it's in fact meant to be uh, black and white, bad piece of advice out there, is that always pay, You know, don't invest until your debts are all paid off. And you will hear that. And you will. You know, as someone who spent my life in the industry, I, I can't help but imagine the situation that the people who I worked with who went into retirement would be in if they had never invested Lums. until the debt paid yeah. yeah. off. And, you know, and for a lot of people, a lot of people, probably the majority, you don't actually even pay off all your debts until, you know, closer to retirement, whether, you know, it's probably typically the mortgage. Right. You don't pay mm. off. So if the theory was I'm going to pay that off earlier, you're sacrificing, in most cases, decades worth of of um, paying uh, of building up assets. Right. And you need a balance on those. So, yes, if you own uh, if you owe thousands payday of payday loans on your or credit 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 card, your payday card payday debt. Loans, no question about it, in my opinion, tackle those. But those aren't going to be hundreds of thousands of dollars, hopefully. Um, they're going to be a smaller amount. Credit card debt, um, I mean, debt is part of if um, part of investing. If you leverage, a lot of people mm-hmm. borrow money to invest. And it's not for everybody. In fact, it's probably not for most, but it, it can be applicable. Well, mm-hmm. you can do both because you mm-hmm. your debts are, are funding your, your investment portfolio. So, yeah, it's, it comes down to your circumstances. I wouldn't say it's all black and white for sure.
0: For sure. And then David said, it, I think it was the septum was the word I was looking for, by the way. Septum. Oh, I see. Right? Yeah. yeah. I think so. Just to quickly get that out of the way. And we got Meg chatting in. Hey, Meg. Um, Meg from CPAP. PEI,
1: I believe. I'd love back. to talk
0: more about the CPAP, but it's just, we, we got to yeah. move on. But it does appear Never <laughs> sick anymore. That's cool. Um, you know, here's a question that kind of I just want to throw out there. And yeah, shout out to Jag. So nice to see you here. Um we were talking yesterday about life insurance and I would be really curious to hear opinions uh, from whoever's in the chat. Do you guys have life insurance? Um, if so, like, I mean, I'm just, I had a conversation with my insurance guy yesterday, um, run through the scenarios and the options and basically decided between different terms and obviously the dollar payouts. And um, yeah, I'd love to hear what people's opinions are or what they have or have had over the years, um, because that may help uh, factor into my decision uh, if people don't mind sharing.
1: Yeah, well, I'll just, you know, sort of share a little bit bit about what we talked about yesterday, Brandon, because I mean, Brandon had called me up just to talk about your insurance requirements. Right. And and, I mean, my yeah, I'd rather not pay any money on any insurance if you didn't have to. But reality is that uh, if you have responsibilities and if something catastrophic happens, uh, yeah, you need to support, you know, you're you're supporting your family. Right. So you need something to replace uh, your earnings. To pay off Mm -hmm. debt you know those types of things i think there's a a lot of i know in the industry people will say oh everybody should have insurance if you're a 19 year old guy with zero debts and zero responsibilities buy it now because the price gets uh, goes up as you get older or maybe something happens and you become uninsurable and yes that's true uh, but I wouldn't. I mean, I always think you buy something because you need it, not just because it's something
0: that someone sells to you. So insurance is no. Right, there to should be a, a real reason for it. I'm seeing a lot of people saying they have it through work, and it's funny. We were looking through our work benefit plan, yeah. and, and we yeah. have somebody that is so smart, is so minimal. It's like yeah, a, yeah. obviously, I'm sure we could bump that up, but at the same time, it's. Yeah. Uh, I see Emmanuel also has one from work, so a lot of people. So yeah. Jake has a mix of whole life and term. Whereas I know it was uh, who was it? I think dividend investor. What, what's your name, dividend investor? Uh, I forget the name, just so I can refer to you properly. But it's uh, he said term term life for myself only. Um, and this yeah, this was actually Bradley. Yeah, you're right. This was kind of the uh, this was like basically one of the big considerations we had, and we ran through the numbers yesterday, Dad, about what the coverage is um, enough to pay off the. Yeah, pay off and,
1: liabilities and provide replacement insurance because you're the primary breadwinner, right? And and yeah. it depends. You know, I'm thinking of a of a, a couple that I know where the the you know often the husband is, but the things have changed so much. And in this case, the the, the wife has always been the primary uh bread earner, and the husband was the primary child care. Well, in that case, the husband probably didn't need a whole bunch of insurance, but the wife. Well, even then, though, I mean, if the husband died, the wife might have to we work did have that work off, so. you, you
0: do have that discussion yeah if you're gonna have to if, if your work is gonna then yeah, yeah you have to sacrifice hours at work and you need to pay for a nanny or a daycare i mean factor that in as well
1: but you never ever increase your insurance if your spouse has a, a um accumulating a supply of antifreeze and you notice a shovel and some work gloves
0: don't ever yeah.
1: don't ever buy insurance then because that's always a precursor yeah to, you know, something really bad happening
0: well, it this it ties into the sleep apnea thing because yeah, if I'm snoring beside Viv all night, she might get fed up one day and then just you, you don't, don't want put
1: anything the... sharper or dull near your bed.
0: Yeah, <laughs> or a pillow, a pillow to the pillow to the face. Yeah. Ooh, I just okay, read some fair, of the comments fair. and
1: do uh, uh, I just my name, is Brandon. I don't to keep my identity anonymous, but thank you for asking. Very nice, Warren, by any chance?
0: I wonder. Yeah, this is Mr. <laughs> Buffett in disguise. <laughs> Could be. You never know. We can't, but we I, can't I, I do like that tonight. content.
1: I do like that content, but uh, that comment, I mean, but yeah, I've seen a lot of comments here on the validity of, of having insurance. And I've had it for years and years and years, uh, especially when you guys were little Brandon, because yeah. yeah, just needed to make sure that you or, were well looked after if anything bad happened to me.
0: Well, I appreciate that. But it's uh, hey, maybe we just avoid dying. That's another option too.
1: Mm-hmm. just try Reed. not
0: to, just try not to die. It's a good idea.
1: Hey, speaking of uh, debts, speaking of um, liabilities, I don't know if any of you uh, are self-employed out there on a business, but this is a story that caught my attention this week. And uh, I'll share the screen here. This is the CB. So this, CBA, rather. this is a one of the government programs that came out during COVID where the government lent money to businesses and you could get up to $60,000. I think they rolled the plan out with 40000 I remember fee- that. Yeah, if you repaid thirty thousand before it expired, before it matured, you could. They would forgive ten thousand. If you borrowed sixty, they would forgive twenty. Well, this is kind of a big thing. The deadline was actually December thirty-first last year, but they did at some point last year extend the deadline because a lot of, a lot of um, loans were not being paid off. This really caught my attention here. The six months left to go for people for business owners to pay these back, and. Failing to repay the deadline, it says here, is twenty thousand dollars. Well, this section right here, the report from CFIB says, nineteen percent of SIBA recipients, nearly two hundred and fifty thousand businesses, run the risk of closing their doors if the deadline isn't extended. Wow! And I mean, that's just that's just shocking to me. The government says we're not going to extend it anymore, but I know the the business groups are sort of cause, uh, calling for it to be to be extended. Um, I did click on this. Oh, there, I won't go to there. There's a website I went to where it showed kind of the the um, the the numbers of people, and it, amazingly, like v- virtually none. I mean, very very small percentage of those loans have actually been paid back in full, and it's, uh, the vast majority have had nothing paid back on them. So this is a yeah, potential, I could see that potential issue. I wonder if I mean, it, I think it helped a lot of business when this was, uh, when this was coming out, you know, because people's revenues stopped.
0: I can just imagine the restaurant industry, for example, like, I mean, there's that's, and and even with that extra injection of cash, like literally, like just as we can see by these numbers, just keeping them afloat, you know, not even getting them to a healthy position or back to status quo, like literally just to keep the doors open. And I mean, 20% being unable to pay, that's, that's not a, that's a, that's a troubling number.
1: Very troubling. And I think Gee, I don't know I can't help but think that if that's the case you've had three and a half years to sort of figure that out or even if it's a starting to pay some back if your business hasn't recovered in three and a half years
0: uh, there, yeah it's definitely I, a lot of problems there I mean I also I just like yeah that's that is tough that's really tough I know let's do what Bradley's saying here
1: Maybe, uh, I just, Brandon, if you don't mind clicking on the dividend investor on, on Warren's comment there. A word of yeah. caution to those who are considering buying insurance. Please make sure you understand what you're buying and why don't just buy whole insurance. Yes. And, you know, there's a lot of really, really good insurance agents out there who have your best interest in mind and will look at your circumstances and recommend something that's right for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also, there are, sadly, a lot that... Um, will be a little bit unscrupulous. And they're gonna sell you something that they make more money on a whole life versus term. I mean, term insurance, the representative makes a small amount, whole life they make a bigger chunk. Um, Mm -hmm. and uh, kind of takes me back sadly to when I was getting into the business so it was probably about 1993-94 I was doing some studies and when I first got in the business I actually was insurance licensed as well and Mm -hmm. the part of the training was how to suck every last penny out of your clients and so it it kind of left me with a bad taste in my mouth the, the whole thing but very good point just make sure you know what you're buying I guess it's kind of like if you're buying a stock you don't just buy whatever someone says you look at it and make sure it's right for you because there's a lot of different types of insurance but a good a good agent will help you through that process
0: yeah definitely yeah. but yeah back on back on that conversation with uh, the defaults on that on those loans that's you know there I, it was funny i was there's a lot of companies that i know didn't necessarily need the money but still took the money yeah. And you'd hope those ones are fine paying it back. Like, you know, you'd, you'd hope. Uh, I'm yeah. sure they are actually. This is probably talking about those ones that uh, just genuinely needed that cash fast.
1: Well, I can't remember the number off the top of my head, but the number of businesses that like basically almost everybody who was eligible for the program <laughs> took advantage of it. Like you say, not this was going to yeah. happen, take yeah. it as a buffer just in case. You'd hope that they haven't gone out and spent that. But You, uh... you,
0: you know what it was? I I, I I could be wrong here, but yeah, maybe they got it. They took these loans with this idea that hey maybe they'll be forgiving and maybe they'll put it back and extend it and extend it like other things right like it's like i almost feel bad like you see all these repayments of student loans and stuff and you have all these people that worked very very hard and diligently to pay back their student loans i'm going to sacrifice such and such in my life and reduce this and then you have people that just said i'm just going to pay the minimum or whatever and then they start forgiving a bunch of loans to me that's so unfair to like the people that it's extremely unfair to the people that literally sacrificed their livelihood and a lot of opportunities to travel to this because they're like, I'm going to do the right thing and pay this down. And then all of a sudden you, you know, I'm not even sure what, what the actual forgiveness is, but you always hear talk about, Oh, well, they're easing up on the payments or reducing the interest da. I think that's, that's silly. And I just, I wonder if maybe some businesses that took this took it and kind of had the, the idea the, same of, idea the same idea of let's just let this drag on and let's just kind of maybe down the road, something good will happen. And clearly they're coming and saying, Hey, we're putting in a deadline here.
1: Well, I don't know. I don't want to open up a whole can of worms, but maybe you just did. But this past week in the U.S., the Supreme Court of the United Mm. States, uh, they ruled because the Biden administration had rolled out a program to forgive. I think it was ten thousand dollars worth of student debt. Like, Mm. I think it was three or four hundred billion dollars that they were going to spend on this program. And the Supreme Court said, you can't do that. You don't have the authorization to do that as president. You need to go through Congress. And it is very controversial, and I am—I fall into the same camp, I think that you do, Brandon. Where I'm going, gee whiz, I'm a you know 19-year-old I come out of school. I work two part-time jobs. I'm going to school. I'm studying. I'm burning the, the candle all night because I don't want to incur that debt. So I do that, and then everybody else who didn't do that and just partied gets their debt paid off. Like to me, that's yeah, like
0: that's not that's not fair.
1: I heard I heard, a, I heard a, on the radio last week or on a podcast. I think there was a fellow who was a in his 40s, a lawyer and he had occurred pretty significant debt going through law school. And he said, just earlier this year, I paid off my debt. So 20 years of paying, I got my debt paid off. And he says, and now you're asking me to pay someone else's school debt. It just doesn't seem fair, right? And yet there is a flip side because if people can't afford higher education, then that's not good for the country either. So I don't know, I'm I'm kind of mixed on it, but I have to lean towards, if you do the responsible thing, you shouldn't be punished for it at a minimum. Maybe take the ten thousand payoff sum of that and say to those of you who did pay it off, here's ten grand that you you know we would have uh, you would have been eligible if, if you'd been. Mm-hmm. You know, nuts. Well, speaking
0: yeah. sp- speaking of free money, I know we have a uh, uh, another article about the uh, grocery rebate which we can jump into. But it, we do. It, I just want to shout out Enid in the chat. It's good to see you again, Enid. And this is this is I think this is what I was talking about the surgery. Right, get mm. get I got the deviation of septum. Oh, they, do they cut the septum? Is that how it works? Uh, as my GP recommended, get it done, don't ruin your eyes. That is the route I would want to take. Um, wow. I wouldn't really want to do the surgery, but, and maybe before we jump into that, I will, I will quickly highlight this. Uh, this is a really good comment from Gmar, Um We could have an entire segment on this, so we, we can't yeah. dive too heavily into it, but I did see that video by Ben Felix. And I mean, he's just always comes with some amazing, um, you know, uh, information backed by uh, studies and whatnot but I didn't entirely agree. Like I didn't entirely agree with that video that he put out. Um, I I understand where the video is coming from because I think so many people that think covered calls are like superior to, to, to let's say buying the index, because you see these high yields and you're like, this has to be a no brainer, right? 11% Mm -hmm. yield, 8% yield that beats the S and P. This is great. And I think if you come in with the right expectations about what a covered call ETF is supposed to do, like, you're not trying to beat the market, you're not trying to uh, outperform with a covered call, there are periods of time, depending on how the market's performing, that uh, covered call strategy will do better than, than others. And there'll be times where it'll be less, uh, you know, inferior. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, however, like, uh, to me, whenever someone asks me about these covered call incomes, like, like for the right type of person, if you come with the right expectations, it can 100% suit your goals. It's an excellent product. But I think that video where Ben Felix kind of like calls them out, he's just trying to like bust that myth that, that these are like, superior products overall because he goes through like total return and talks about the drawdowns and all that stuff um which is again something you have to consider but to me it's like it, it, you're asking two different questions if i'm making sense there do you understand what i'm saying dad oh totally
1: and like anything else in fact it, it's it's not coming out uh, for a little bit yet but brandon and i filmed a video i think yesterday or the day before um uh talking about building an etf portfolio and yeah. one of the one of the types of funds I used as a niche fund was a covered call fund. I think it was maybe I said 10% of the portfolio that you could put in there if and you were- Oh, go ahead. And you
0: were you were building a portfolio for for like a 50, 60 year old. Yeah, that, that was, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you mentioned that, but that's a big thing, right? Like versus, yeah. yeah, sorry, go
1: on. Yeah, you were building a portfolio for a millennial. I was building a, or even younger, uh, I was building a portfolio for someone who's near or in retirement. So I do believe that there is a place in a lot of people's portfolios, depending on your needs, and you know, if you can generate um, that extra yield, and I mean, just a maybe a gruesome type scenario, but maybe you have a shortened life expectancy and you're struggling to get by, if you can bring a bunch of more money in today and live, say, five years in retirement that you wouldn't otherwise be able to live, and you're not so much worried about, you know, leaving money to the next generation, well, hey, it's probably the perfect product for you. Um, or in rough times, like you say, there's a there's a downside mitigation with covered calls, etc. So, like everything else, it's there's not a one size fits all. And so, I, I haven't seen the video that Ben put out, but he I mean he's he I think he typically goes through studies, right, and sort of says, here's what the study Very says. Very informa-
0: like- Very informational back.
1: Yeah. And like a, and,
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I got the takeaway from that video that it's like covered calls are not are not great, but I don't think that's what he meant to the that's not the message he meant to to say. I think it was more so that. He was be aware of these bust, things busting but yeah be aware of these things um i kind of had a laugh at this one dad grocery rebate what rebate you had to be poor <laughs> to get that i mean we have the actual i think the income requirements oh, i'm gonna share that next. screen
1: with you right now because uh yeah before, i guess but, oh, but, go ahead, yeah. Before, before we do, do.
0: <laughs> we're half we're halfway into the stream so everyone please drop a thumbs up if you are uh here um this is the most big news Oh, I didn't do ah. this. I didn't, it didn't do the uh, this, the sliding thing that we typically do, um, <laughs> which I really like. Ugh. Come on, Brandon. Come on. You hire a new tech guy. There we go. <laughs> um, so people have been asking for like a million years now, where is this venue in Toronto? Because they want to make sure they're accessible and yada, yada, yada. And uh, holy, we couldn't have done a more exciting venue. Have you been to the Ruck Room before, dad? Never. No, you have, haven't you? I- i i've been i've been once to the one in toronto and then yeah oh, I'm actually yeah. To, it's kind of like uh so it's this massive basically arcade With style ping
1: pong tables and stuff like that. ping
0: pong tables pool tables like <laughs> it is just the uh, brian says the rec room is awesome um it it's like it's epic and uh yeah it's not a it it's it's just blah it's gonna be like literally nice. epic everyone we've talked to is just like that's they love it um and nice. yeah I, I did i did too G-Land. I mean I went, I went there once but yeah it's so much fun so we are basically like literally signing the contract for that uh just waiting back on an email but uh for those that have been asking about the toronto event and yeah brian you're right this, oh. it's on it's on the night of a jays game so I, i'm wondering who they're playing actually you probably I think they're know. playing
1: la because I, th- I know la is in town during that week yeah yeah sort of an interleague game i guess but I think because I would be down, we, I would
0: be down to go to a game while we're there. Well, like, we were talking to, last uh, night
1: about possibly taking in a Jays game while we're there. Cause we still got to see Alejandro Kirk play live when we were there last year. We missed him. He was hurt. And he's uh, hurt again. I,
0: but <laughs> I I saw him. I think I went to a game with Bernard recently and I, oh, saw, I definitely saw him there, mm. but uh, yeah, that would be, that would be pretty cool. Mark Strobin. I think, is that Mark? Are you talking about? No, I what don't know. Strowman who you're talking about. Oh, oh, you're Strobin. Like, yeah, you're kind of, it looks like you're at a rave or something. Dad.
1: Am I? Oh, Maybe because I've got my sharing thing.
0: Yeah. Is that better? That is that is much I better. I
1: queued up the screen share, and then we started talking about the event. But, yeah, um, yeah, I didn't know that, Brandon that we secured that, that venue, but it sounds like <laughs> a lot of fun.
0: It does, it does sound a lot, It will be a lot of fun. Um, but uh, the, 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 Enrique says, when does sign-up close? Sign-up will close when we sell out of tickets. So I think we're targeting 250 tickets to 300 Holy tickets. that many? Holy cow. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Well, it's, I mean, I did for, for those that don't know like we haven't really marketed it well but we have like Daniel pronk is coming out so his audience is gonna be coming we have the guys right. from the Canadian investor podcast so Braden uh, who is like just a, a super cool guy I really love their podcast for anyone that needs a good uh, podcast to listen to like those guys are just like top tier uh and then there's another like French guy um, but Braden's kind of the guy I know very well French guy. Yeah, well, a French guy because I don't think Brandon's French, but they're they're a very they're a very cool dynamic duo, and then they're making out, and then so many other like Adrian Canadian T-shirt, like it's it, it the, the tickets will sell out. So to answer wow, your question, so cool. Enrique, the, the sign up doesn't close, but um, it's like a first come first serve basis. So yeah, if you can um talk with right
1: once like cool. once the, the venue is full. Uh, that's the name. It's, it's, so, it's so funny. I shared this with you, Brandon, to quick aside. But I was—I uh, rarely go onto my LinkedIn profile. But yesterday, for some reason, I went onto my LinkedIn profile, and an old, old friend of mine from when Brandon was a baby um, said, "Hey, I saw. Uh, she lives in Toronto, I guess." And said, "Like, I, I see that you're—I'm um, going to be in Toronto, so I bought a ticket to come and say hi, etc." And uh, so that's pretty cool as well. So I didn't realize we we're going to have a lot of fun there at that. uh it oh,
0: should. It should be a pretty good time, and then nice. we got friends, of, friends, and family coming too. So yeah, that will be a blast. But uh, why don't we jump into the uh, the grocery yeah. rebate? Because yeah, that's to me. I'm like, I heard about this grocery rebate. I'm like, like, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> no comment. But uh, yeah. We'll no see.
1: Okay. So the federal government has started to roll out a grocery rebate payment so this is a one-time payment meant to help offset rising costs for low-income Canadians. That's what it specifically said. And I don't know who made the comment about uh, something. Thank you my flash is gone apparently so that's good. Um but the cutoffs. So if you are eligible for GST, I think that's the key here. Those eligible for the GST rebate as of January 23rd will be eligible for this one-top uh, one-time top up. No application is required, I guess you know, big brother knows where you are and who you are and how much you make. So it says here payments family or so single Canadians. If you make more than forty nine thousand one sixty six, you're not eligible for families. The cutoff is sixty four thousand nine hundred and forty six. So those are the, you know, I guess that's considered thresholds. In yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, the day, I remember the day when 50 grand a year wasn't low income, right? <laughs> yeah so yeah so it could be uh families of four could receive up to 628 dollars single families without children single people will get 234 dollars i think that's kind of the nuts and like the it's it's it's, it's
0: like a one a one-time rebate pretty much like just that's what i understand yeah i mean is that really going to help uh it's obviously going to help a little bit but
1: <laughs> well you know uh brendan it's, it's it's kind of one of those weird things because you're going to get a lot of pushback on this saying yeah like $234 what can I buy with that two stakes or you know blah 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 and yet I always think we've got to be fair because if the government said we're taxing you $234 more this year people would say well I'm going to lose my house or you know I can't drive my car so it's a small amount but I think it it does it does make a difference for a lot of people so I think it's a good program I think I don't know I haven't spent that much time uh, yeah Brad says helping to add to inflation
0: <laughs> yeah
1: driving the, driving the price of, of food further up yeah yeah so i don't know if there's anybody who has looked into that as a uh thing to take advantage of I'm not sure
0: Hmm. interesting <clears throat>
1: we've gone quiet
0: We've gone quiet, yeah. yinan. Fu Yinan
1: yin yin uh, says,
0: uh, would you guys- Mind be... the interest rate forecast for the next upcoming six months. Well, I just uh, I literally was reading something this morning, Dad. They were saying uh, they're expecting an increase in, uh, at least for the Bank of Canada here in July, like basically in a, a week or so, I think July 12th. Mm-hmm. And they're saying that could be the last one, but uh, who knows? Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm
1: thinking, well, I mean, logically, we're closer to the top. We you know, we're getting yeah. close to the top. I think if we look at both Canada and the Fed, um, everything I'm reading, the, the you know the the um, futures market are saying, hey, there are more rate hikes to come. We're, I'm hearing a quarter point, quarter point. So let's say 50 basis points more. Um, we don't know. Nothing's you know. It'll it'll be literally at this point. It'll come down to the numbers that come out every week or every quarter or every month rather depending on what which, which you're watching, but I, I think I'm getting comfortable that we're getting definitely closer to the top. The question then, of course, will be, how long will they stay there, right? That's gonna be a big thing. When we saw back in 2000, or 19, 2006, 2007, yep. when the rates dropped from you know five to zero, then it said, okay, well, within a year or so, things will start to correct and come back into normal range. Well, for a decade or so, they stay down there, right? Um, I'm hopeful that the rates aren't going to stay too high I don't want them to go back down to zero I really don't because the only reason they'll go back down to zero if things are really rough out there but to, to retrace a little bit would be good to come back into uh, uh, just a, give us a bit of breathing room a little bit of uh, fake a little bit of hope um, would be good 25 basis points next week
0: well this is a sorry uh, sorry I was just I was putting a few comments it seems like we do have kind of a consensus here uh, from a lot of people in the chat but I was just like I guess why fool asked. Is yeah. um, I'm about to renew my mortgage in November. Ooh, Ooh. I know the big challenge, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: it, yeah, it's a tough one. Um, I, I would. Well, I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to. I
0: I don't want to steer you don't one way or the other. Doesn't want to say the wrong thing. I
1: don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want you to take anything. As I know what you're going to say. I, I know. Do.
0: I think you were going <laughs> to say. You were going to say. You correct me if I'm wrong. But mm-hmm. at this point in the cycle where we are, I feel like you were going to say variable might be the play over fixed, if I'm reading your mind correctly.
1: Um, the, if your circumstances are that you can afford future raises, if you have a sufficient cash flow coming in, you have a secure uh, you know, job, etc., then I would say, yeah, that it, to me, that's a reasonable risk to take because probably yeah. if you're looking at locking in a five-year term, my guess is that five years from today we'll be going. Oh, remember how high rates were, the interest rates, etc. So yeah, but there's a big proviso there. There is. You can't do that if your cash flow is so tight. There's sometimes it's worth locking something in so for the predictability of it. So comes down to your circumstances, right?
0: Well, I mean, is that what you were gonna say? Because I, I what don't I know. Say. That's what yeah. I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it's, it. You know what? What's telling to me is like. You know, I, the bank, like, literally has been like, not me, but they've, I know they've yeah. been hounding people over the past number of months, you know, literally cold emailing, cold calling, suggesting people, hey, do you want to lock in your fixed rate market? Yeah, we'll lock, lock in. this in. Like, lock- I yeah. mean, they're doing that for a reason because, I mean, the bank at the end of the day is uh, for profit and they want to make money. And I think, I mean, I know for a fact they, they take in all these analyst projections and the fact that they're presenting you this deal. I want i want to i'll give you the opportunity to lock your rate in at this fixed rate at such and such a price which is like right in line with variable they probably have the anticipation that over the next like you said five years we'll look back and things will come down so but you're right it was uh it's uh you're right that uh, you have to be able to stomach things if things get worse right <laughs> i think that's that's the that's like the the be all end all
1: my my um, skepticism is going to come into play here, but uh, I I am. It depends who you're dealing with and how much you can trust. But just generically speaking, if the bank is pushing a variable, probably lock in. If the bank's pushing uh, uh, a locked in, probably go variable. Again,
0: exactly. Very broad <laughs>
1: statement because it brings it brings. On your
0: it does. It does. Yeah, this is very depending, but I bring this back to how we started this off with talking about, like Bradley was saying, be a contrarian, whether it's talking about your investments or this, but when yeah. the bank's offering you something, you maybe just uh, <laughs> think, think critically as to why, but uh, like you said, you guys, obviously, Mark is not suggesting you do that, like, uh, without knowing anything about you, obviously not. It's, yeah. you got to decide for yourself. Um, you know, we had a thing here, which I think would be really uh, interesting. We have an article, right, Dad, talking about the, uh, mm. the rates here. This would be a pretty good uh, send-off into that.
1: Sure. Uh, the, dr- the drastically extended more, um, amortizations. And for those of you who don't know, Mondays and Wednesdays, well, I film in the morning, but it comes out in the afternoon, um, we do a, a market update. And I try and pick some of the key topics that I feel are relevant to Canadians and to investors. And so I kind of talk, the, uh, talk about the news. And a couple of weeks back, I talked about this exact issue where today, a lot of people are extending the amortizations to 70, 80, or 90 years. And there's an article that we looked at that sort of talks about this, and this is quite shocking. So let's just go to the shocking part of today's video, of today's uh, session now. So this, the the headline here, being uh, drastically extended amortizations drive total mortgage costs significantly higher. Well, check out some of these numbers. Check out some of these numbers. Some variable rate holders with fixed payments have hit their trigger rate. So the trigger rate basically is when the interest that is being charged on a monthly basis, your mortgage payment doesn't cover that. So you're essentially going into negative um, amortizations. Now, in this case, it says up to up to 90 years oh. amortization. So think of the numbers here. Assuming a total mortgage of half a million dollars, which is not unheard of today, at a rate of 5.8%, the report said that extending the amortization to 90 years from 25 would increase the total payment by 177% to $2.6 million. The total (laughs) amount of interest that would also increase by 374% to $2.124 million. In that scenario, the analysis said that the extended amortization would lower monthly payments from about 23%, from 3160 to 2424. So you think, okay, I'm gonna extend the mortgage because my my mortgage payment is $2,400, or sorry, $3,200, let's say 3160. It's a little bit tight for me so i'm going to lower that to something more affordable the 2430 that it has on here by doing that and now we're this is extending a lot of years out so things will change obviously but given these numbers it would be uh 2.124 million dollars worth of interest only on your 500,000 debt and my goodness I mean, that's just, um yeah now we gotta be careful here though because uh, two years ago, we could have run these same scenarios and say, look how much money you save if you take the variable blah, 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 blah. So nothing's going to stay the same for the next 90 years, obviously. Uh, but th- this is the way the math works. And I remember way, way, way many years ago as a younger, you know, maybe when I bought my first condo, I'm not sure. But I remember looking at the amount of money that you pay in interest on a, a loan. I think the, the mortgage is probably a couple hundred grand uh, back in the day but just uh, astounding so uh, yeah i feel i feel for people who yeah who are facing this challenge if you've got resources but this always gets back to any time you're borrowing money even if it's for a house you got to make sure that if something goes off the rails you have some backup It could be mom and dad or it could be you know savings account or it could be the ability to earn extra income i'm not sure but uh,
0: yeah well, well this is a comment by jake the snake uh, i know people in lower mainland with over 1.5 million dollar mortgages frightening yeah Yeah, you you might, you may be looking at one right now. And then what you you just said there, dad, I I might come, come knocking or come calling pretty soon. (laughs) No, I'm just joking. But um, yeah, like, I mean, my, my mortgage, when we got this, we bought a townhouse, worst possible, like literally at the peak of the market. Yeah. Um, And I mean, we knew it was the peak of the market. We, we also had, we had a family on the way, so we were, we were going to upgrade anyways. But um, I remember very specifically, like, I mean, obviously I get a lot of your help on and insights on all sorts of things, dad. But uh, like we crunched the numbers, and even though rates were lower at the time, like we forecasted, I think we forecasted up to like a seven. Like w- we ran a scenario where, like, okay, rates are at two two point one five percent. Rates are at five percent, and we ran a scenario at seven percent, saying if, for example, rates were to go to seven yeah, percent, yeah. And at Could the you time, just... you know, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking oh, that sounds so far off. Well, fast forward we to stress years, tested it. We <laughs> stress tested it, and that is the that is like why I mean how it's literally sucks. Yeah. Bradley says we bought it. It's brutal, man. I mean, we know how it is, but like, it's also, we, we needed a place to live. We w- we would not have lasted in our little, um, one bedroom, um, which is with the family is. But what's important there is like, we've, I've been in a position where I can keep my amortization period normal and, and stomach this, which it's goes back more, to that yeah. pre goes back yeah. to that previous, uh, co- like comment where variable versus not, if you have the, the capital to do so, the means, um, you gotta be able to stomach that flexibility, but it's not fun. And like what, it's it's not it's not fun that i'll say well, that much
1: but this reminds me this is interest and cost there but this reminds me of people who go into investing so you're going to buy stocks but you mm. don't anticipate what could possibly happen down the road and, and you have to stress test the portfolio as well what if the market drops 20 percent or 30 percent or 50 percent, like it like it has are you still going to be able to meet your goals are you going to be okay with that etc so anytime you're investing money you do need to look at that what-if scenarios, and I think I think we were probably maybe as it turns out, Brandon, pretty accurate. We, we thought seven percent is a crazy number, like worst worst case scenario. But uh, you know, here we are. Of course, you know, anybody who's probably I want to say 50 years or older will say, back in the 80s, you know, we had 18 percent mortgages, and, and that's just astounding. Can you imagine those numbers today? But <laughs> yeah, and like yeah. this is
0: like. I, yeah, yeah. you know, it's funny. I, I saw a comment earlier. I actually didn't get to it, but someone was saying they enjoyed the shorts. I know they're hit or miss like on, on Instagram, people love those short form interview videos. Like it's crazy that one video is up to like five or 6 million views right now, but on YouTube shorts here, I don't think people like the shorts, but whatever. But uh, one of the mm. questions I was asking was, um, you know, what do people think about like young Canadians and getting a home? And the overwhelming response from just the Canadian uh, public was unless you have family money who's willing to gift you this or help you with this, like it is, it is a pipe dream for a young kid. And it's uh, like, even what Gamarx was saying here is like, like that's, it's, it's actually pretty sad. Like it's actually like troublingly sad. And it makes me think like we were even having fun discussing, like obviously just mostly like shooting the shit with Viv. It's like, should we move to Calgary and like go buy a nice home? Should we do this? Uh, we probably won't be moving, but it makes me think like I would even just, take off and go live in Asia for a number of years. Like there's like, it's just so ridiculously expensive here that it's, um yeah. it, it, it actually is kind of sad.
1: Yeah, it, it is. And as an older guy, uh, it does break my heart because that sort of the, the cycle of, you know, in North America here, the cycle of the kids growing up in 18, 19, 20, 21, and 22, whatever it is, Going out and buying your starter home, and you, you paint the walls and you fix it up, and then you graduate to something a little bit bigger as time goes by. That cycle's just busted. Just yeah, busted. that's and not it happening. Really is. It's really hard. Other than uh, in a smaller community, for example, I don't know, Powell River, British Columbia, you can still get into a really nice home for five hundred grand, 600, 700 grand. Which you know, in Vancouver, obviously, not a chance, right? To get into a a, a family home at that mm-hmm. price. But, mm-hmm. uh, Alberta is where it's at. There was a question here that I saw. Um, Let me see if I can go back and see a couple of work meetings. So I think Jake the Snakes is here. Will housing ever go down? Mark's thoughts. You're older. I've seen housing cycles. I just don't think it will. Too many people on the sidelines with cash. And uh, I mean, I, well, the answer to me is an obvious yes. Uh, Will go down. I'm just going to click off this, uh, stop sharing the screen here. The answer is yes, because I've gone through cycles where you think it will and it won't. Now, housing is amazingly resilient, and yes, the demographics have changed, and and um, it, it's, there's a lot of upward pressure still. But yeah, they will go through cycles because it's an it's essentially it's a supply and demand uh, product, right? And so they will have. But that a pre- but but, of
0: time. How I, but however, but yeah. however, to challenge you on that, if we yeah. look at just a simple supply and demand aspect, like what, what if you could argue there will always be more demand? I'm thinking here of the Vancouver market, for example, like maybe in other parts of Canada, but. What what if you would argue that there will just for a desirable place like Vancouver or Toronto there will just always be a surplus of demand unless you're able to build a whole bunch more homes which doesn't seem to be the case like that's uh, I don't here's, think Trudeau really wants to build more homes right now.
1: Here's where one of two possible turning points. Number one is this. I'm not predicting this will happen, but we're talking just now about um, the cost of, of servicing a mortgage. There will mm. be a percentage of the population that simply cannot. Uh, afford to keep their home, they're going to be forced to sell it, right? Let's hope they have some equity, they can sell it and walk off and you know, with not losing a bunch of money on it, there will be a percentage of that. If that percentage is high enough, that's going to put obviously downward pressure on the price of housing. So hey, we're we're, we're liquidating our homes. Well, if you're in the market to buy a house right now, you don't absolutely have to move and a house is a million dollars today, but the media is pointing out and the the feeling out there is that that house is going to be $900,000 in six months, or $800,000 in a year, a lot of people are going to just say, I'm not going to buy right now. I'm going to hold off. That is self perpetuating then. So you will see a correction. And I've seen at least two of those, you know, the the real estate markets are long cycles, right? But I saw two of those um, during my homeowning years. And so uh, yeah, it it can happen. It will happen. Um, Mm. But it's really hard. And I'm thinking that when there is that correction, it'll probably be short lived. Because yeah, you know, getting back to what you're saying, there is a, a lot of demand out there, and I think owning a home is
0: awesome, you know. And then, but I mean, then someone I, I'm just reading back through the chat. Someone said, "Well, everyone has this cash on the sidelines, and all these people are waiting, waiting, waiting." Do you think that you could see that big of a like? Let's say there's like I conceptually that totally makes sense what you're saying of how that kind of spirals down and how you get that steep downward pressure. Yeah. Well, with with this whole dilemma of like you know, all sorts, especially young Canadians who are trying to save up for this first condo they're trying to save up for this first home. And as soon as they can essentially buy something like, like, do do, do you see that happening even here in like Vancouver, let's say the condo market, let's assume the average condo goes from 650,000, like who, who, who's going to be bottom picking and trying to fish out that bottom of a, of a, of a price when you've been, you know, waiting for you know eight years, saving up your down payment, your FHSA. And now you have a chance to get something into your budget there's so much demand there's all these immigrants coming like the people are always going to want to live in vancouver could wouldn't that kind of set a floor if you will because mm. of, in a in a market like this like i understand how this whole collapse happens in many other parts of the world um, yeah. but if people if people start defaulting on their mortgages and uh, on their homes and have to quickly make a flash sale i think there's going to be a an array of people happy to scoop them up but hey like i what do i know i'm just you've you've seen it before right well, all,
1: but that's a valid argument, and you can make different arguments from different sizes, uh, for different sides of it, right? So, I think I'm just saying, you know, this time yeah. is different. Basically, that's what you're saying, right? And yeah, yeah, you know, yeah we'll, I guess so.
0: You know, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel I'd like as souls writing this, it's like it's just sad is the overhanging term. I would say I've recently I immigrants. I know them. Yeah,
1: it, it's sad. Yeah, yeah. I like Brian's comment here.
0: Yeah, that's a pretty, that one's pretty, not bad. Yeah.
1: Well, and, and Brandon, we're kind of tainted too because we do live in one of the most expensive housing markets. You know, Toronto, but, I'm assuming say- Montreal is yeah. somewhere.
0: That's what I'm uh, saying. Like, I, I'm, 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 when I talk, I very much think of like the GTA Vancouver area. Like, I, I don't, I, this wouldn't apply to other areas of Canada, I would say.
1: Well, I know, for example, like you have cousins who live in Winnipeg, and to the best of my knowledge, like there's three children, they've all, they've all gone out over the last few years and bought themselves a starter home, right? All three mm-hmm. of the kids and, and that's the way it used to be. And in, in many communities, it probably still is that way. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's challenging out there. But
0: that's mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, I think we only got five minutes left because like I said, I have a hard stop today. Yeah, but um... yeah. Well, this
1: is cool. Uh, this been I, I've enjoyed the conversation. Hopefully we've contributed to some thought provoking
0: discussions. Yeah, really good questions today. I really like the questions in the chat uh, today.
1: And Rory <laughs> has a solution. He's gonna buy a tent next to the condo.
0: <laughs> you can post yeah, yeah we'll up can... in Tent City. There's a. We were just talking. There was obviously like the Tent City in like downtown Vancouver. You know the. You know where all yeah. the the hobos are. And this now is interesting. They,
1: from oh, go ahead.
0: Brad. No, I was just saying. Now they they, they have to move. They uh, their their homes got moved. They got relocated, uh, right? Because they getting rid of all the tents. So now they're spreading out, but uh, uh,
1: even G-mark's, your tent isn't safe. Rory. Even the tent isn't, isn't uh, safe. Do you think the government will change the tax exemption on your primary residence? That's a huge amount of money. They'd want to get a hold of interesting because just yesterday we had visitors left what day is it today. So just Wednesday, we had visitors left who are from the U S from Washington state. They're up for a few days and in the States, if you buy a house for a million and you sell it for two million you do have capital gains on that property unless you go apparently there's a uh, exclusion if you go in immediately or within a year they buy another property I, don't quote me on that there's a time frame if you put the money into another property you can avoid that you can kick it down the road but uh, the our capital gains exemption that we love so much here um is it's kind of unique and um will the government ever change the tax exemption on that oh man I think the answer is it's a, it's a lot of money just sitting there waiting for that to happen, but that would be political suicide. So I can't imagine the scenario where anybody would take that leap. But uh, yeah.
0: But who had there was a comment up there earlier that I missed. I thought it was a good comment. They said that, like so many Canadians just have like their like nest egg in their home and all their equity in their home, and like it would just yeah. crush Canada to, for them to. To, to squeeze that, you know, it's almost like they wouldn't let that happen. I mean, you'd you'd hope, because yeah, Trude, oh, Trudeau. Trudeau is trying to get rid of the tax exemption. Justin says, "Of course."
1: Mm, is this <laughs> Justin's real last name?
0: <laughs> Which Justin are we
1: talking about here? Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I. I I'm not privy to it, but I'm assuming that the uh, the uh, Treasury Department has had many, many a conversation over the years. But that said, usually when there's something major happening, it you, you hear rumors and it takes years for it to happen, and I've never heard anything serious uh, along these lines that this is gonna happen here, so.
0: Hey, Brent, I know you gotta run. Cool, guys. Well, thank you. Uh, thanks for spending the time here, Dad, and uh, yeah, good to see you every week. Um, I'm sure I'll see you probably next week or something soon, but... Uh, uh, definitely but...
1: coming up very soon, yeah. Going to Calgary.
0: We are. We'll be in Calgary. For those in the Calgary area, uh, less than a week. Well, what is it? I, it's literally 10 days away. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 10 days away. Uh, we'll see you, Ni. I can't say that. Fo. Fu. Fu. Okay, sorry, Fuya. We'll see you in Toronto. I don't know if you read that thing, Fouya, but venue secured the rec room uh we'll see you at the rec room in toronto there are tickets down below like there's links uh, in the description uh below here for anybody in the area uh live stream calgary event bradley i forget why you said you couldn't be there but you're in calgary um I don't know if we'll live stream the event. I think it's in person exclusive. You got to be there.
1: You know That's, what? Uh, it it wouldn't work be- unless you had like a big camera at the top. But it's so personal. You know, you're you're meeting, you're shaking hands, you're talking, you're taking pictures and playing games and whatever. So I, I can't imagine live streaming that would work, other than maybe the the you know the presentation part of it. But uh, I've
0: yeah. s- I've seen TikToks where they just like set up like a camera yeah. kind of in a club or something and it just it looks so awkward but yeah okay um let's okay, run here, Dad. good to see you um awesome guys thank you all for tuning in drop a like on the chat and we will see you guys next week